Life is hard at times. Our hearts often get bruised and battered. Yet God offers us words that help and heal those hearts when we turn to Him. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and find strength for the day. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. This is episode 85, The Loyal Heart. Sharon, we get to talk about friendships today. Tell me about your friendships over the years and how they have shown loyalty. Well, this is a fun topic because I love my friends so much. And you know, I've had the unusual experience of having two sets of um, threes. You know, oftentimes you have a best friend. Well, I've had two best friends twice in different parts of my life. So there were three of us that all got along together. So when I was younger, in the fourth grade, I met Julie. And then in sixth grade, I met Kathy. And we hung around together all through high school. And it was so fun. And I always felt like the sort of the ugly sister because they both had this gorgeous long hair. And they were so slender. And I was a little more dumpy. But but we got along great. And we had the best time together. And I still love them to this day. I mean, I haven't lost them. Wow. All these years later, Julie and Kathy are still good friends. That's remarkable. I know. <laughs> and then when Ray and I got married, we were in our first duty station. Um, he met a guy named Steve who he'd gone to West Point with, and they wanted to get together with their wives. I met Maureen. Maureen introduced me to Marsha and Sharon. Maureen and Marsha oh. prayed together every week. for each other. It was so incredible. And we still pray for each other. In fact, they undergird this ministry, Sweet Seal Ministries with prayer to this day. Oh, I'm so thankful for them then. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of think of Ecclesiastes, the threefold cord is not easily broken. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the sweetest? Oh, I love that. So instead of having just like one best friend, mine come in groups. (laughs) And Ray's like, um, Sharon, best is a superlative. I know. You can only have one best friend. I'm like, no, no. I have about 30. I have two best And he friends. just shakes his head. Yeah. So how about you? Have you oh. discovered loyal friends? And what have you learned about being a loyal friend? Tell well, me. Well, it's funny. I didn't have girlfriends when I was younger. When I grew up, when I was younger, um, we moved around a lot because we were in the military. And we always happened to find places with all boys my age. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> you so, hung out with the guys. Which was fun. You know, yeah. I just played lots of cops and robbers and ninja turtles. And they taught me how to spit what? and how to cut down tree branches <laughs> with Swiss Army knives. So, I mean, all very valuable life skills. <laughs> That's hysterical. It was you, great. I'm sitting here looking at you with your earrings and your lovely long hair, trying to imagine you spitting. That's Don't demonstrate. Good. No, not in office. But, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, they were fun. Even one of them was really a good sport. He let us have a wedding, and we could marry my Barbie dolls to his, like, G.I. Joe's. So Aww. he was my favorite. Yes. Corey was very sweet. Because weddings are girl things. Yes. That was very and nice And they could fall in love, and he was like, yeah. all right, fine. So that was my early years. But I still wanted a girlfriend to do, yes. like, you know, kind of girly things with. Right. And it took a long time. I kept praying, even when I was younger, for a girlfriend. It took until I was an adult to find. Wow. And same thing, groups of threes. It's funny how it's always been. You like, two? Me and my two girls. Me and my two. Oh. Yeah. Groups of threes. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's such a blessing to have loyal friends. And I looked up the meaning of loyalty in the dictionary, and it said, 
giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or institution. So that's really nice. And I'm thinking like having friends stick with you through good times and bad times has been one of the biggest blessings of my life. Yes. I can say honestly that I might not have made it through some really tough trials without godly friends who are there to love, pray for, and just support me. I so agree. And a praying friend, Nicole, the best kind of friend you can have. Oh, for sure. Because they bring you before the Father. Yeah. Oh, what a blessing. Absolutely. So good. (laughs) Well, today we are going to look at a very famous friendship in the Hmm. Bible. David's friendship with Jonathan, son of King Saul. Hmm. Man. Nicole, what I love about this friendship is that it's a great example of mutual loyalty. They were each loyal to each other. Hmm. And in the hardest of circumstances, Jonathan would have been the presumed heir to the throne of Israel. Yet David, this kid who was a shepherd boy, had been anointed as God's choice for the next king, not Jonathan. Hmm. Seriously, these two should have been rivals, right? Instead, their hearts bonded together in a beautiful way. So we're going to look at Jonathan's loyalty first. It's amazing. Jonathan mm. has got to be one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He is so selfless. Oh, yeah. I love him so much. I'm excited to read about this today. Yes. <laughs> so we'll be reading the backstory first. It's found in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 16. And I'll start with verse 1. Okie dokie. So after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David along with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Mm -hmm. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. Hmm. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Ooh. (laughs) This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands? Next, they'll be making him their king. Hmm. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, Hmm. and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp, as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand. And he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall, but David escaped him twice. Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over 1,000 men, and David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. What a story. What a story. (laughs) Good grief. So, Nicole, why do you think Jonathan and David were so drawn to each other when they ought to have been rivals? I know. Isn't that crazy? It is. I wonder if they saw the same courage and loyalty in each other 
You know, they're yes. both, and they both had a love, clearly a love for their country and for Israel, mm-hmm. because they both seemed to, I mean, everything David did that Saul asked, and he did it well and did it faithfully. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure Jonathan was trained up to do those things as well, but... Yeah. But he yeah. should have been super jealous in arrival to David, but I he know. wasn't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they saw the integrity in the other yeah. and said, yes. You are you are similar to me. But they, I mean, it was almost like instant bonding between these two. Yeah. It seems to from the passage. Yeah. They just loved each other right And away. Jonathan initiated because he's the oh, one that yeah. said, you know, have my tunic, have my, I want to make this official. Yeah. It was almost like, I feel like, I don't know who was older, but I mm. feel like Jonathan had kind of a hero worship with David. He's like, whoa, you killed the giant. Right. You are like my hero. I want to my best buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he always kind of took second place with joy. It was yeah. just fascinating to me. He just saw a greatness in David, which mm. is so precious. It is. I love it so much. I really do. So, But then we also get to start <laughs> to see Saul's hatred. We see Jonathan's love. And we see Saul's hatred. And I want to look back at verses 9 and 10. Mm. So 9 says, so from that time, when Saul got all ticked off because the ladies were saying, David killed more men than Saul. (laughs) That definitely got to it. I know. Oh, my word. (laughs) But so 9. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Mm. So God has already rejected Saul. We know this because Saul had made that sacrifice that he shouldn't have made. So Saul's already... God's already left him, but it's after Saul gives in to jealousy that Mm. the tormenting spirit from God Mm. overwhelms him. So it's like, you know, there were steps downward for Saul. And when we allow a jealous spirit in us, bad things happen. You know, it's we can't see the spiritual realm at all, Mm. so we don't know. But this is just a reminder to me anyways that... When I allow a sin in, mm. I am opening the door to Satan coming in and messing yeah, that's true. with me, yeah. right? And, and we that's can see that. Yeah. 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 I mean, so much so that he tried to kill. He's sitting there playing his harp, trying to soothe Saul, and Saul just hurls a, a spear, spear at him. Yes. And he yes. Intended, said he tended to pin him against the wall. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, that's and I really wonder bad. if Saul... <laughs> He knew he, I wonder if he knew he was falling from grace and he was going down the wrong path and he felt like he, he just either didn't want to turn her back and follow God, but uh-huh. seeing David there and kind of knowing like, that's who I'm supposed to be. Oh, that's That man of God. Like yes. this is, and he's going to come and kind of take, I wonder if that kind of got into, into his it. head too, yeah. you know, along yeah, with yeah, the yeah, jealousy. Yeah. 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 Well, it overwhelmed him. The Bible says the spirit yeah. overwhelmed him. <clears throat> so... Yes, yes, he gave into it, and then he couldn't get out of it. It's kind of like, you don't control sin, no. right? We're Once slaves to We're it. slaves yes. to and sin. And we forget that. We think we're in control oh, yeah. of what we do. Oh, yeah, and we're not. No, nope. not. And Saul became a slave to sin, yeah. and now he's throwing spears. But you got to wonder, everyone's watching him do this. You gotta I know. Like, why is this I guy know. throwing Like, you think they would try to intervene or talk to him, but yeah. I guess he's king. a king. Yeah, ultimate power right. there. Right, right. <laughs> I, I can't imagine really kingness because yeah. we live under a president where we, you know, vote Keep him in and out check. and we right. say all kinds of terrible things about our presidents right. all the time. And nobody throws spears at and us. And no one spe- <laughs> throws spears at us. Sometimes I feel like we should keep our mouths a little more shutter. But anyways. <laughs> so, well, let's move on to Jonathan and his loyalty to David in light of his father's growing hatred because oh, yeah. now we, we're going to have a rift between son and father. Yeah. So... so. We're reading from two passages that show Jonathan's growing awareness that David is not safe anymore at the palace. 
Sharon, I'll read 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 10, and then you can read the 1 Samuel 20 part, okay? Okay. All right, so <clears throat> Saul now urged his servants and his son David, uh, D- Jonathan, to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There's no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he brought David to Saul, and David served in the court as before. War broke out again after that, and David led his troops against the Philistines. He attacked them with such fury that they all ran away. (laughs) One day, but one day when Saul was sitting at home with his spear in hand, the tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again. As David played his harp, Saul hurled his spear at David. But David dodged out of the way, and leaving the spear stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. Oh my goodness. What a crazy, crazy time for David. Oh, you're in. Saul likes you. Oh, you're out. He's killing you. Can you imagine? That would have been so just uncertain like you think you're safe again with yeah. the king in yeah. favor leading his you know sitting back at your position he's calm he promised you for god not to kill you and then out of the blue he just throws the spirit he throws the spirit you again it's like yes. okay <laughs> this is so disorienting david's cord nerves yeah <laughs> yeah you just can't trust saul no he's he's very um manic like back yeah, in like huge back and differences forth. huge difference yeah, yeah. that would have yeah. been very scary so so through. so so sad yeah Oh, boy. So he's very changeable. Yes. (laughs) Let's read further and watch the story unfold a bit more. I am going to read 1 Samuel 20, verses 5 through 15, and then I'm going to skip to verses 30 to 31, and then 41 and 42. There's this long back and forthness, and we're only going to catch little glimpses of it today. perfect. (laughs) So David is convinced, basically, after that second spearing attempt, Mm. that he is no longer safe at the palace. Hello. Who can blame him? Right. But Jonathan, who talked to his dad previously, is like, no, 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 it's fine. And David's like, I don't think so, Jonathan. Were you there? <laughs> oh, poor Jonathan. He's stuck in the middle. No, yeah. Dad promised. Yeah, well, the sword just happened to slip out of your dad's hand. Right. Have been Good glory. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to pick up the story at verse 5. So they're arguing about whether he's safe or not. And David's <laughs> talking to Jonathan. David replied to Jonathan, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival, and I've always eaten with the king on this occasion. But tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. And if he says, fine, you will know all's well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for for we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I've (laughs) sinned against your father, but please don't betray me to him. Hmm. Never. Jonathan exclaimed, you know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. Then David asked, how will I know whether or not your father's angry? Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied, and they went out there together. 
Then Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. Mm-hmm. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But, but if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of the earth. Wow. Oh, my word. I think Jonathan knows it's not going to go well for him in the yeah. end. And he's already like, just be nice to my family, would oh you? Oh, goodness, I, I think know. you're going to be king, despite all this weirdness. Yeah. So. <sighs> And doesn't verse 13 just kick your heart? Mm -hmm. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. I was going to say, I wonder if that's why his loyalty was so strong to David, because he had such a heart for God as well. And he could just see his dad drifting away and going, this is not what we were supposed to do. No. No, so he's back this is who my dad is. could have been. Yeah. Oh, poor Jonathan. Oh, it's just, <laughs> it really is tragic. It is. Oh, it it's is. so sad. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> sort of summarizing the next bit, Jonathan <laughs> and, um, goes to dinner and David hides. <laughs> Saul actually is livid yeah. when David doesn't show up and lectures Jonathan. I'm going to read verses 30 to 31, and there is strong language here. It's kind of rude language. Yes. <laughs> Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. <laughs> what? I can't even I believe I said that on the radio. Wife. <laughs> but, it, but it was, uh, well, not the radio, the podcast. But <laughs> anyways, it's in the Bible. That's what he called him. Yeah. And no, Jonathan wasn't. No. Good gravy, Saul. Get a grip. Isn't that horrible? Anyways, do you think <laughs> I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother, mm-hmm. who he just offended by calling? Right. I mean, Saul, get Come on, Saul. <laughs> as long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. No, go and get him so I can kill him. Oh, my goodness. All right, so that was pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Jonathan has any more mm-hmm. doubt, hopefully. <laughs> yep, so Jonathan at this point realizes David <laughs> is right and does this secret arrow thing that mm-hmm. we won't go into to let David know that it's not safe to come back to the palace. So I'm going to skip now to verse 41, part B. So David came out of from where he'd been hiding to the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Mm. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. Oh, David, he's so tenderhearted. I love how emotional these men are allowed to be. Yeah, and they noted it in the Bible, so clearly it was important. It was okay that they cried. Yes. They loved each other, oh. and they were going to be separated, and it wasn't going to go they well. They were devastated. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of knew it wasn't. Yeah. At last, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Hmm. Then David left, and Jonathan returned to hmm. the town. That's so sweet. I know. It's so talk to me, Nicole. <laughs> what do you see here in Jonathan's loyalty that is admirable? Because, oh my goodness, so much of it is. Yeah. 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 He's keeping his oath of friendship that he made before the Lord to David, even though his father is gunning for him. <laughs> and right. and he's forfeiting his, his right as heir, as everything. And clearly... His father is now angry at him, so he's putting himself at risk defending yes, David yes, and staying is. loyal to David. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. just think that's so admirable, that loyalty against, um, he's willing to sacrifice himself for it. 
He is. He's thinking about his friend above himself. He is, absolutely. And he's doing what's right, right. more than he wants to please the parent. Yeah. That's tricky. That's really hard. That's a Isn't hard line it? to walk. Because yeah. we're to honor our parents, but not if they tell us to do things that are wrong. Right. And he knows his father is not following God. Right. So I think he knows right. he's Right. We must obey say. men. Yeah. I mean, God rather than men. Yeah. That's from Acts. Yeah. I was thinking of um, the passage, I think it's in Philippians 2, where it says, don't look only to your own interests, but look to the interests of others. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan is looking to David's interests, and he is not going to let harm come to his friend, yeah. even at personal harm to himself. Oh, I Jonathan. just, I'm amazed. <laughs> I really am, even yeah. to his own hurt. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the way we're supposed to live. I know. Isn't and it? We don't often put ourselves out that much. Like oh, Jonathan's yeah. example, I mean, his entire future is now on the line. Right. He's no longer going to be king. Right. That's right. huge. His yeah. father could kill him too if he shouldn't mm-hmm. kill David. And mm-hmm. he's like, nope, I swore an oath before God and I'm going to be loyal and faithful to you. That's really admirable. It's incredible. <laughs> to give it up your really whole life is. like that. Yeah. 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 It's easy. It's easy to be nice to people when nothing's going to hurt you by oh, doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's much it safer that way. so <laughs> much harder to be nice to people. Even in little tiny things like someone is saying something nasty about your friend mm. and um, your friend isn't there mm-hmm. and it's easier to just stay quiet, you know, and yet we need to speak up yes, and be loyal and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I think you're misjudging her here yeah. or whatever. Even that's hard. It is. Let alone bucking the king who happens to be your dad who just ordered you to get David and bring him so he could kill him. Right. I mean, he's disobeying a direct command. Oh, wow. From his king and his father. And his father. Yeah, that's pretty scary. That's pretty amazing. So he did not love his own life more than he loved doing right. Right. And that's how we're supposed to live. Yeah. We're not to value our own lives ahead of doing what is right and good. Mm. He models that Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, that's a good lesson for us to ruminate on. (laughs) Well, let's turn to David's loyalty now. Because sadly, Jonathan and his two brothers and their father, Saul, eventually die in a battle with the Philistines, which just kills me. (laughs) I know. So David becomes king after some infighting with some who still favored Saul. And he does the most amazing thing. He kept his word to Jonathan even after Jonathan is dead. Now that's loyalty shit. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I love that it's reciprocal loyalty yes. here. Oh, it's so sweet. So we're going to be reading first, um, sorry, 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 12 to finish out today's lesson on keeping a loyal heart. I'll start with verse 1. So one day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. (laughs) Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. (laughs) The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's son is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Well, where is he? The king asked. In Lodbar, Ziba (laughs) told him, at the home of Makir, son of Amil. So David sent for him and brought him from Makar's home. His name was Mephibosheth. It was Jonathan's son. We're doing really well with these names. <laughs> His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. And David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. <laughs> Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. 
I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. Hmm. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Parentheses. (laughs) Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So he could handle the farming. I feel like (laughs) he could handle it. Yes. That's good. It wasn't a burden. (laughs) Ziba replied, yes, my lord, the king, I am your servant and I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. Hmm. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. Wow. See, both men showed (laughs) loyalty. Jonathan loved David at the expense of his own potential as a king, and David showed unusual loyalty by seeking out Jonathan's crippled son and lavishing him with attention. And the crippled part's important because Mephibosheth really did feel like a dead dog. Yeah. Just kind of waiting to die. Right. Right? I mean, what value was he? Yeah. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't walk. Or maybe he could limp. I don't even know. But yeah. he was he was like the least one. He was an outcast. He was an outcast. Because back then they didn't, they didn't treat the, the, no. the underdogs very no. well. well. At least Mephibosheth sure didn't feel treated, no. treated well. And he was scared to death. I could just hear him trembling. Oh, what do you want? <laughs> yes, King Saul hated you and he was my grandfather. Right. right? You don't know how he's handling that. So right? he just appears at your house one day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was scary. But, um, oh, my goodness, David loved him, even to the point of making him like one of his own kids. And he didn't have to do that. No No. one would have known, but God would have known. God would have known. But Jonathan wasn't around to see that, but he was so loyal, and he loved him so much, even after his death, he wanted to make sure. Yes, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful beautiful. story. (laughs) I love this story so much. So what does it take, Nicole, to have that kind of loyalty? (laughs) I don't think we can produce that on our own, Sharon. (laughs) I would be on a good day. I can't. So we really need to love and follow Jesus. The the more we learn about Jesus and spend time with him, he was the most loyal man that ever walked yes. the earth. Yes. You know, God and yes. man in one, and he died for us. He gave his life for us. Mm-hmm. We can't manufacture this on our own. We have to have a relationship with God and we ask do. him for help, or we're going to be pretty crummy friends. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are, because it's the Lord that keeps us selfless. Yeah. And left to our own, our natural bent is selfish. Oh, for sure. Me first, me first, Absolutely. me first. So yeah, and as we, we grow to... our friendship with God, we become better friends. Right, we do. We need that. We do, because when we're in relationship with God, we, we are in the right place, under. Mm. We're, yeah. we're, we're humble. Yes. You know, and so there isn't that same room for the selfishness to grow that there is. So, yeah. Oh, well said, Nicole. (laughs) Well, as we close, I I just, I want to look at a few things. And one of them is that Jonathan and David put a value on promises. Mm. You know, they made a commitment to each other and they actually made a commitment to each other's children. Yeah. They put a value on what they said they do. And even if we just say we're going to do it, Jesus said, don't swear by this and that. If you say, yes, I'm going to do something, yes. that's like a promise. Mean it. Keep right. your word. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. We need to keep our word. So, huh. 
don't make too many to the kiddos because if you do, you have to keep them. I'm reading the script for those of you that are wondering what I'm doing. I'm like, what in the world did I write down there? It's because I'm thinking if you if you say a lot of promises, you got to keep them, Nicole. Oh, so right. don't make too many promises to the kiddos. Oh, that's that's so funny. I used to say I used to say to my kids. It, God willing, we'll do this. Yes. If we can, we'll do this. Oh, that's I a good hope idea. we can do this right. because I think God really does want us to keep our word. Oh, yeah. And one of the things the girls would say to me all the time that would drive me crazy, they'd say, "You said right, right." Be so careful what you say because they remember Be everything. Careful what you say. Yes. Right. So we need to keep our promises, and we need to keep our promises few. <laughs> So we don't get ourselves in trouble. Right, so that's the first one. Oh, I like we that. need to place a value on promises. <laughs> yeah, and isn't it sweet when our friends, I know, side note, my friends will kind of take my children under their wing too and pray for my kiddos and love on my kiddos as well. Yes. Like I said, I'm yes. sure there's a time when me and my four girls, when they're all teenagers, will probably butt heads. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I'm so very thankful for friends that I know love the Lord, and if they go to, they'll go to them if they're angry with mama, yep. and they can point them back to the Lord and back to me, yep. and not lead them astray, and yep. I'm so thankful for that. I think it's wonderful to have a little tribe. Yes, yes. and to have the promises to your children, like, I will, I love your children as well as you, and I'll help you raise your kiddos, it's you know? Beautiful. It's good. It is good. It is so, good. Uh, another thing that I think they valued in their friendship was a desire for God's will above their own, and we saw that with Jonathan. <laughs> yes. He knew David had been chosen for the next king not him and he received it as god's will and supported david although quite frankly he seemed like a great king material jonathan did you know did he? i know <laughs> no jealousy that's kind of amazing and just a commitment to follow god he probably would have made a great king i think he would have but and he never said that he just trusted that god said david was it and that's what he did and that's what he did he's he was a great second man to yes. david yes he probably would have been a good yeah. king too. i think so too but god knew something better different he did. so we have he to did. trust him yeah yeah well i think the third thing we learn is that a, they we need to have a willingness to do the hard right thing. Yeah. It would have been easier to obey his dad, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. But he chose to obey God. It would be easier for David to just be king and manage a kingdom without hauling some crippled guy in. Right. That didn't... Giving him all his land, too, his yeah. father's land. Yeah, yeah, and he gave back. Uh, king Saul, I'm sure, had a lot of property. Yeah. And that all went to Mephibosheth. Oh. Isn't that neat? Yeah. It's, it's really a beautiful neat. story. So any other life lessons as we close? So I was thinking, dear listeners, if you haven't found a loyal friend yet, don't lose heart. Keep praying for God to bring that person into your life. And don't forget, I tell my girls this all the time when they're not being super kind, but (laughs) a man that has friends must show himself friendly. So be the type of friend that you want to have to those already around you. I love that. And you'll be surprised how quickly your friendships will grow. Sometimes your next best friend is right there, but you need to put a little effort in too. So we can't forget to... Pray for that loyal friend, but also be that loyal friend mm-hmm. in the waiting. Yes, so. and sometimes we have to model loyalty. Yes, Even absolutely. if the other person doesn't model it back right away. Yeah, and that can be yeah. tough. It's sort of a mentoring friendship relationship yeah. then. So, good point. <laughs> be a friend. Can be you the tell friend I waited for a long time for a friend? <laughs> be the friend you want. Yes. I love it. That's so good. Okay, well, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for this incredible friendship in Scripture. I thank you for these men who did the hard right thing, Mm -hmm. who loved you above their own lives. Lord, in whatever situations we find ourselves in, help us to be loyal to our word, to what is right and true, to the um, friends in our lives. We need you to do this, Father. Please help us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
I have been inspired today. I want to be a loyal friend. What are your thoughts on this amazing story of friendship, listeners? We always love to hear from you, so write us at sweetsela.org slash podcast and let us know. Are you enjoying our other offerings here at Sweet Sela Ministries? You can find us on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and our new app. To join us on the app, type in sweetselaapp.org. It's a great community. And please do come back next week for episode 86 for a look at the abiding heart. David was amazing at staying close to God even when he was on the run from Saul. We're going to learn how to stay close to the Lord among the darkest times. Until next week, may God bless you with a loyal heart. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.